0: Updated Pathway Data Reporting for NHSN, a conversation with Deborah Wright. Good afternoon, and welcome to our series of webinars focused on bringing you information about COVID-19-related topics. The information in these weekly webinars is geared toward long-term care and skilled nursing facilities, but we encourage everyone who is interested to attend. Today, we will be talking about the updated pathway data reporting for the National Safety National Healthcare Safety Network, or NHSN. My name is Kathy Caldwell. I'm a communication specialist with Quality Insights. And now I'd like to introduce our guest today, Deborah Wright. Deborah is a quality improvement specialist at Quality Insights. She recently joined our team after being in the long-term care industry for more than 30 years. Starting out as a nursing assistant and working her way through many positions, she has a wealth of experience in long-term care nursing and management. She's most passionate when working with the MDS process and quality improvement. So Deborah, welcome and thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Kathy. So before we begin, we'd like to briefly revisit last week's topic because we received a number of follow-up questions. Last week, we talked about what it means to be up to date on COVID-19 vaccines according to NHSN. So Deb, could you talk a bit about that again? Sure.
1: So it certainly is a lot of information and a lot of tracking um, that needs to be done at the facility. So as a reminder, even though changes um, to the vaccine requirement may change at any time, NHSN follows the same definition for each quarter. As a review um, from last week, we talked about as of June 27th, the third quarter of NHS reporting, up to date is defined in two categories based on the individual's age. First is those that are under 50 years old, which is probably gonna include the majority of your staff and it's a bit easier to track. So if you have a staff or resident that is under 50 years old, they are considered up to date if they've received at least one booster dose or they have received their primary vaccine series and they're not eligible for that booster dose yet. And remember that if um, an individual has received the Pfizer or the Moderna, they are not eligible for their booster until five months have passed, or if they've received the Janssen and Janssen, it's um, two months have passed. If someone's over 50, if they're 50 years or older, they are considered up to date if they have received their second booster dose or they're not eligible for their booster dose yet. So examples of that would be that they've received their primary series and they're not eligible for a booster. So again, the booster is they've received their Pfizer or their Moderna, five months have gone by now they're eligible for their first dose. The J and J they're eligible after two months, after they have received that first booster dose, then it's four months until they're eligible for their second booster dose. So I think that's is where some of the confusion has come in is the, the five months and the four months. So it's the primary series, five months for the Pfizer or Moderna, then they're eligible for their first booster dose. If they're over 50, then it's another four months and then they're eligible for their second booster dose. The J&J is the same. It's just two months from their primary series until their first booster dose. And then it's another four months for the second booster dose if they're over 50. I found a really good um, CDC graphic on this that Kathy's going to put up for all of you to look at. And she'll also throw the link in the chat that you can download it for your, your own reference. But I think it's a really great visual to identify when your staff or residents are due for their next COVID vaccine if you wanna download it and keep it next to you that you can reference. I If I was still in the facility, I think I would have that graphic and I would have the table that we shared last week from the, the NHSN um, updated guidance that actually has the, the graph of if you're under 50 and if you're 50 or older, what you need to be considered up to date. I think those two resources used simultaneously are very um, beneficial and helpful when trying to figure out if somebody's up to date or when they become eligible for their next dose. So this week, we're going to talk about the second part of um, the weekly reporting, and that's the COVID pathway reporting um, when I, when I was working in the facilities and doing the infection control reporting, I always called it the COVID pathway reporting, but I've noticed on a lot of the NHSN trainings, they um, refer to it as RF, RIFC, or the Resident Impact and Facility Capacity Reporting. So I just want to point that out because I know even myself, when I was listening to some of those trainings, they, they kind of threw me off a little bit when they were referring to it as that. So, like I said, in addition to the weekly resident and healthcare COVID vaccine reporting, facilities also need to complete their weekly COVID-19 pathway data reporting. Areas within this section, there's, there's three areas. It's the RIFC or the resident impact and facility capacity. Under that, you are asked about your admission status, new COVID positive tests, vaccination status, up-to-date status, deaths, influenza, your testing abilities, and your supply and PPE shortages. That's the section we're going to to talk mainly about today. But also within that pathway, um, you have the staff and personnel impact where they ask you questions on newly positive tests, COVID deaths, influenza, and your staffing shortages. And then there's also a pathway for the therapeutics asking what kind of treatments you provided your residents in relationship to COVID, whether it's in-house treatment or um, outside of your facility treatment. When you're in these pathways, it's important to remember that you're only counting new counts since the last date that the counts were collected and reported to NHSN. So if the count is zero for any variable, a zero must be entered or it'll be counted as missing data. So you don't wanna leave any blanks and you also don't want to count something twice. So you don't wanna be reporting on the same positive test twice. If you report on a, on Mondays and Thursdays, you only wanna count the positive test once. You don't wanna be double counting for your facility. So um, in taking a closer look at the RIFC or the Resident Impact and Facility Capacity section, I'm just going to go down through each section and just give you the NHSN definition. So the first is all beds. This is pretty straightforward. It's your total bed capacity. And typically once you answer this once, it will auto-populate for you um, each time that you go into NHSN. Then it's your current census, and that's going to be your total number of beds that were occupied at the time of your NHSN reporting. So you don't have to try to figure out how many people did I care for during this time frame. It's just what is your census today that you're doing your reporting? Admissions. um, Admissions is defined by NHSN as the number of residents newly admitted or readmitted from another facility who were previously diagnosed with COVID-19 and continue to require transmission-based isolation precautions due to the transmission risk associated with that diagnosis. So that's the important thing to remember, is that they're a new admission or readmission with a COVID-19 diagnosis, and they're continuing to require their isolation precautions. You don't want to count recovered residents in this section and you only want to count them once in the admission count. So as we go down through and we get to the next section that's positive tests, you don't want to double count them. You only want to count the positive admissions in the admission question. On the flip side of that, though, is if you have multiple readmissions for the same person, you would count those twice or however many many times they were readmitted during that time period from the last time that you did your reporting. So if you did your reporting today and you had an admission from two days ago, you would count them. If they then go back out to the hospital and are readmitted, and they still have the COVID diagnosis and are still in their isolation time period, you would count them again because they're in new admission or readmission um, since your last reporting. Positive tests, by definition from NHSN, it's the number of residents that are newly positive for COVID-19 based on a viral test result, whether that's a PCR test or an antigen test, um, it doesn't matter. You want to include them in the positive test result. It doesn't include a resident that had a positive antigen test, though, and then a PCR test was completed within two days and comes back negative. So, if you have that antigen test and it was positive, and your facility protocol is to do a follow up PCR test, if that PCR test was negative within two days of the antigen test, then that positive antigen does not count in your positive test result. And again, remember whether you're reporting weekly or more often, you're only going to code those positive test results once within your reporting time period. So if you code anything greater than a zero in the positive test section, then there's going to be other sections that open up and they're populated for completion. So if you've coded somebody as positive, it's going to open up the vaccination status of those positive residents. So they're first going to ask you um, under the primary series vaccination status, were they not vaccinated? Were they partially vaccinated or did they complete their primary vaccination series? Keep in mind, though, that those vaccinations needed to occur within 14 days or more before the specimen collection date. So the date the vaccination was given will count as day one. And then if your resident received their vaccination 13 days or less before the specimen collection, you cannot count that vaccination in your vaccination numbers when you're doing the reporting. So for example, let's just look at an example that if you have a resident that tested positive for COVID-19 and received their second vaccine of their primary vaccination series 11 days before their positive test, for purposes of this section, you would need to code them as partially vaccinated because it's not been 14 days since their second shot in the primary series. Um, Then it's going to ask you, of those positive residents, how many had an additional or booster dose? So you would code only for your newly positive who have received any additional doses or booster doses of the COVID vaccine. The same 14 day rule applies for this question as well. If their additional or booster dose was received 13 days before their positive test result, then that vaccination dose would not count for reporting purposes. Again, you would only count those doses received 14 days or more before the positive test. Then it's gonna go a step further and it's gonna ask you of those booster doses, did they receive one or two or more booster doses? Again, taking into account the 14 day rule. And then once you've answered the booster question, it's going to ask you, of those residents that were positive, are they considered up to date with their vaccination status? Again, the 14-day rule applies. Um, However, one thing that I do like that NHSN has done with this most recent update to their system is that there's now a link that takes you right to the most current up-to-date definition. So if you ever do get confused as you're doing the reporting, they have a link right there that you can click on and it will take you right to what the most current definition of up-to-date is. I think we have three polling questions just to kind of test your knowledge. So Kathy's going to put the first one up. All right, so Bill is 65 years old and he tested positive on June 23rd. He received two doses of the Moderna COVID-19 vaccine for his primary series. He later received two booster doses of Moderna. His second booster dose was five months ago. Is Bill included in the up-to-date count? Yes or no?
0: Everybody said yes.
1: Yes, that's correct. Bill would be included in the most recent up-to-date Um, because his second booster dose was received 14 days or more before the specimen collection. So question two. All right. So Mary is 35 years old who tested positive for COVID on 622. She received two primary series of Moderna vaccine and she received one booster dose of Moderna vaccine two months ago what all would mary be included in so in this one you want to check all of the um, options that you could potentially code in your nhsn reporting for her positive test you just want to think about okay they're positive what's their vaccination status and what does that all mean based on the timing of when their vaccines were given
0: and i'll just share the results for this one so we got some clicks for positive tests
1: Yep. So she um, would be absolutely coded in the positive test because she tested positive. She completed her primary vaccination series. She received an additional or booster dose. Um, She received one booster dose. And yes, she is considered up to date because um, it has not been four months since her first booster, so she's not yet eligible for her second booster. So of those that answered, um, those are all the correct answers. We just need to make sure we have everything that we need when we're doing it. So it looks like everybody said yes up to date, but we missed the primary, the additional doses, booster doses, and one booster. So we just want to remember that each section You know, and I'm sure it's probably a little hard when you see the questions like this, but when you're in your NHSN reporting, it's going to take you one question to the next question to the next question. And I know it's hard. The one thing that I struggled with is you want to put them just in one category, but in this one, you're you're answering everything. So if they've tested positive, did they have their primary series? You want to count them in that. Did they have a booster dose? You want to count them in that. Then how many booster doses did they have? And then based on all of that, are they considered up to date? So in some ways, it seems like you're double reporting, but you're really not. You're just getting a compilation of everything that they fall into. So with that being said, let's try one more. So Tom is 60 years old and he tested positive for covid he received two doses of the Pfizer and one dose of Moderna four and a half months ago. What all would Tom be included in? So you're going to check all that apply for Tom. All right, let's see here. So yes, the positive test is correct. Um, completed primary vaccination because he received two doses of the Pfizer. So he would have a primary series. Additional. So whoever said partially vaccinated, um, that would not be correct because he did have two doses of the Pfizer and one booster. Um, So complete primary vaccine series, additional or booster vaccine, because he did have one dose of the Moderna four and a half months ago, and then one booster, which is correct. Everybody got that. And then he is not up to date. So that's correct because it's been more than four months since it's booster dose. He's now eligible for the second booster and has not received it. So he would not be included in the up-to-date count. So great job.
0: All right. If you want to contact Deborah directly, you can reach her at 1-800-642-8686 and enter extension 7636. You can also email her at dright at qualityinsights.org. That's D-W-R-I-G-H-T at qualityinsights.org. And you can check out our other interviews by visiting qualityinsights.org slash Q-I-N slash multimedia. Deborah, thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Kathy.